Hey folks, this is Mike with Battles of the First World War podcast. Joining us today is Dr. Chad Williams, here to discuss his latest work of history titled The Wounded World, W.E.B. Du Bois and the First World War. This is an engrossing work on Du Bois, World War I, and the African-American experience in the Great War. It weaves the events of America's participation in World War I, the tense state of race relations back in the U.S., and the life and writings of Du Bois into a masterfully written history of a time period quickly fading into the distant past. I can't wait to get into it. But first, <clears throat> a quick introduction of Dr. Williams, borrowed directly from his website. Dr. Chad Williams is the Samuel J. and Augusta Specter Professor of History and African and American Studies at Brandeis University. Chad earned a BA with honors in history and African-American studies from UCLA and received both his master's and PhD in history from Princeton University. He specializes in African-American and modern United States history, African-American military history, the World War I era, and African-American intellectual history. His first book, Torchbearers of Democracy, African-American Soldiers in the World War I Era, was published in 2010 by the University of North Carolina Press. Widely praised as a landmark study, Torchbearers of Democracy won the 2011 Liberty Legacy Foundation Award from the Organization of American Historians, the 2011 Distinguished Book Award from the Society for Military History, and designation as a 2011 Choice Outstanding Academic Title. He is co-editor of Charleston Syllabus, Readings on Race, Racism, and Racial Violence, University of Georgia Press, 2016, and Major Problems in African American History, Second Edition, Cengage Learning, 2016. Chad has published articles and book reviews in numerous leading journals and collections. He has earned fellowships from the Radcliffe Institute for Advanced Study at Harvard University, the American Council of Learned Societies, the Schomburg Center for Research in Black Culture, the Ford Foundation, and the Woodrow Wilson Foundation. Dr. Williams, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for taking time out of your afternoon to discuss your latest book. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be on. So, Dr. Williams, The Wounded World is now your second book on the African-American experience in World War I. So, um, this being a World War I podcast, um, how <laughs> and when did your interest in the Great War begin? Uh, my interest in World War I began in graduate school. Um, I mean, I remember very vividly studying for my comprehensive exams uh, and engaging with various uh, books on the history of World War I and really seeing that very little had been written about African-Americans and particularly the Black military experience uh, in the war. Um, and I wanted to try and fill that gap. Uh, it made for a great dissertation topic, which uh, became my first book, uh, Torchbearers of Democracy, um, and is really out of my dissertation uh, work, my dissertation research, uh, that I began to be interested in W.B. Du Bois um, and uh, his uh, decades-long uh, investment, both uh, writing about and reckoning uh, with the history of World War One. And it, I think you've kind of already begun here, but like the um, the inspiration for this book. Well, it, it, I know, like the the book itself, the Wounded World is is um, again, it's 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 Du Bois reckoning with 
with that editorial and and his support for the war and then you know the 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 fallout afterwards and the decades mm-hmm. of race relations in the US afterwards as well um so can you speak just a little more about like your your inspiration to really tackle this story yeah well as i said it really began during my dissertation research uh, in october of 2000 i was doing research at the University of Massachusetts Amherst, where the majority of Du Bois's papers are archived. And I had seen a reference to Du Bois World War I materials in the finding aid and didn't know what it was, um, but was certainly curious. Um, I go to the library, ask to see this uh, collection, and the librarian returns with six microfilm reels. And I'm <laughs> completely confused and, and, and deeply intrigued at this point. So I load the microfilm and I discover a, a manuscript, an unfinished and unpublished manuscript by W.B. Du Bois on the Black experience in the First World War that he titled The Black Man and the Wounded World. The manuscript's over 800 pages long. Uh, in addition to his manuscript, um, all of Du Bois's research materials and his correspondence related to this project were included in this collection. Um, so I was immediately um, fascinated, overwhelmed, confused about why no other historian had ever written about this before, why this was the first time um, of, of, of me learning uh, about it. And really from, from that moment, I knew that there was a much larger story to tell uh, about Du Bois, about this uh, book, which would have been one of his most significant works of history and arguably the definitive history on the Black experience uh, in the war. Uh, but also what we can learn about Du Bois himself, his, uh, his thought, his uh, political um, evolution, and the broader struggle for Black freedom and democracy in the 20th century. Yeah, he was quite a, um, a complex person. I, I guess like, you know, like, like, like we all are, but um, re- really amazing to, to find out who, who the man was through, through your book and, and retelling of the story. Um, one thing that, that stuck out, uh, with me. So like, um, before we started recording, like I, I mentioned, I, I read the, the souls of black folk, um, as, as part of preparing for this. Um, and in it, uh, Du Bois wrote of this sense of, of quote unquote, this, this two-ness and in his book, um, he wrote the following, it is a peculiar sensation this double consciousness, this sense of always looking at oneself through the eyes of others, of measuring one's soul by the tape of a world that looks on in amused contempt and pity. Whenever feels his two-ness, an American, a Negro, two souls, two thoughts, two unreconciled strivings, two warring ideals in one dark body, whose dogged strength alone keeps it from being torn asunder. Mm-hmm. Can can you tell us a bit about Du Bois's life and his mission and and how he dealt with this sense of um, double consciousness, sir? Du Bois is is truly one of the most remarkable individuals in American history. Uh, he is uh, without question the most significant black intellectual, black scholar, activist in African American history. He lived. It's a truly remarkable life. He was born in 1868 uh, during uh, Reconstruction, the presidency of of Andrew Johnson, uh, and he dies in August of 1963, literally 
the day before the March on Washington for for jobs in freedom, um, you know, one of the, the high points of uh, the modern civil rights movement. So he lived just an incredible um, life, um, really spanning much of of the 20th century. He was really unparalleled in terms of his um, intellectual uh, contributions. Uh, he authored 22 single authored books, uh, not to mention hundreds of, of articles and essays and, and editorials. Uh, he was just truly prolific and really at the forefront of every major issue facing Black people, both in the United States and throughout the broader African diaspora. Um, and part of his life calling part of his, his mission uh was to try and and bring meaning to what it meant to to be black um in the united states and in the world and he really encapsulates this in his classic 1903 1903 book the souls of black folk where he identifies the problem of the 20th century as the problem of the color line incredibly prophetic um and his famous formulation of double consciousness uh this uh, conflicted state of Black identity, of being Black on the one hand and being American on the other, and the desire to try and reconcile uh, those two warring ideals, uh, as, as you read. And he viewed the First World War as an opportunity to do just that, as an opportunity for Black people to demonstrate their Americanness uh, and to indeed reconcile the double consciousness uh, that he wrote about in The Souls of Black Folk and that he himself tried to reckon with in his own life, and especially during his uh, participation uh, in uh, the American war effort. So he, um, so I had I had here for my question, uh, so he saw this double consciousness when the U.S. entered World War I, and you mentioned that, you know, this, this he saw this as an opportunity to, um, to reconcile that double consciousness. Um, mm -hmm. And we'll talk a little bit more in, in, in just a couple of minutes about um, the, the closed ranks editorial. Um, yeah. I just wanted to talk a bit about like, so I guess this jumps may jump around just a little bit, but <laughs> what drove Du Bois to want to write the uh, all caps history of uh, <laughs> American Africans in the world war? Yeah, well, it's it's certainly a a complex story. I mean, one that I I talk about in my book uh, and chronicle kind of Du Bois's uh, attempts to write this history along every step of the way. Uh, but the impetus uh, for it really originated um, as the war was coming to an, a conclusion um, in October of 1918. The NAACP board of directors essentially tasked him with writing um, about the experience, writing a historical account. Um, of the experiences of African-Americans in the war. Um, and he immediately leapt at the opportunity. He recognized that this was a unique kind of scholarly um, opportunity, uh, but more importantly, um, especially given, given the, the contentious uh, issues uh, that he had to deal with during the war, uh, the most uh, explosive being closed ranks, he viewed this as an opportunity um, to make a historical contribution uh, without question, but to also demonstrate his leadership, uh, his his stature as the unquestioned holder uh, and chronicler of uh, the, the history of the Black experience uh, in the war. I mean, so this was a uh, intellectual uh, exercise uh, by Du Bois to try and write this history, but it was also deeply personal uh, as well. So I, I guess we'll 
now's here's our in for uh, <laughs> close ranks. So I've I've quoted close ranks um, in one of my episodes uh, previously, and I I have to I have to admit, like I when I quoted it, I, I had one understanding of it, um, but it wasn't until I read your book that that I that I really understood just how controversial it was. Like I, mm-hmm. um, I, I will say, I'm glad I'm not one of your students. Cause I probably would have like completely failed that assignment. Um, Cause I, <laughs> okay. I, I, I just missed the whole part of, of the, the controversy afterwards where, so just as a backstory to listeners in, in 1918, W.E.B. Du Bois published an editorial in the NAACP um, publication, the crisis uh, an editorial titled Close Ranks, where the argument was African-Americans should should put aside their, their civil rights struggle for the time being and close ranks with the rest of the United States and join in the war effort uh, in World War I. Mm-hmm. Um, because afterwards, after taking part in, in the military struggle to, to beat Germany and defeat you know, German uh, militarism, um, the argument of African Americans truly being citizens of this country would no longer be in doubt. Like mm-hmm. African Americans could now say, we, "We've done our part just as much as anybody else. We are as American as anybody else, as as yeah. everybody else." So this editorial was was published, and it it was a rather controversial reception. Like, um, no question. Yeah. And, and um, how how did Du Bois take this, and how did it affect his want his now wanting to write this history of of World War One? How did Du Bois take it? Not not well. <laughs> to, yeah, to put it lightly. Um, fiery, I mean, could be stormy, kind of fiery fellow at times. He was. Uh, he had, he had a very prickly demeanor at times. He had a massive ego. Uh, he refused to admit uh, when he was wrong. And close ranks was certainly one of those instances. Um, Du Bois, as you said, believed that African-Americans first and foremost had a duty to support their country. Um, And closed ranks was the the product of his belief uh, in that that argument. Um, There were a lot of other factors uh, that went into writing that editorial as well. He was applying for a captain position in the military intelligence division. Uh, the federal government, as a result of the Sedition Act, was beginning to clamp down on the crisis um, and, um, you know, its uh, uh, criticisms um, of uh, the United States uh, and the war effort. So he was feeling kind of a, a, a lot of pressure from a lot of different directions, uh, which culminated in closed ranks. Um, and he was heavily criticized for it. I mean, his harshest critics accused him of being a traitor to, to the race. For capitulating, uh, and for someone like Du Bois, who committed his life to fighting for Black people, to serving the race, this was really the most hurtful, most damaging charge that you can you can uh, levy at him. Uh, so he really had to absorb the weight, uh, the pain um, of all that criticism, um, and uh, well into uh, the the latter years of his life, he was still questioning if he had made the right decision to to write that editorial, but more broadly, if he had made the right decision to encourage Black people to support uh, the war. Um, And, you know, if he himself, you know, had 
uh, made the right decisions in compromising his own anti-war principles uh, and beliefs uh, in, uh, in, in bargaining that this horrific conflict would result in gains for uh, for Black people. So close ranks was, was really the kind of pivotal moment uh, where Du Bois had to begin to, to reckon with the weight um, of his decisions and ultimately the weight of, of his failure in supporting the war. And Dr. Williams, you, you write in, in The Wounded World that while writing the book, um, Du Bois had trouble, uh, quote, finding a clear conceptual thread. With the title, The Black Man in the Wounded World, he seemed to arrive at a moment of clarity organized around the central theme of tragedy. The project now possessed even greater potential by reflecting both the condition and the zeitgeist of the post-World War, end quote. Mm. Um, how, how was this thread like going to make writing that book difficult for Du Bois? Right. So he, he initially envisions his book when he starts um, his research and, and preliminary writing in late 1918, uh, early 1919, as being kind of a um, redemptionist history of uh, demonstrating that Black people and Black soldiers specifically had made heroic contributions to the war effort, that they had helped win the war. Uh, for the allies. Uh, he was certainly going to expose the systematic racism of the United States Army um, from its highest levels. Um, but ultimately, he was uh, envisioning an argument of uh, the war and the place of Black people in it um, as being a moment of revolutionary transformation and ushering in um, a new era of democratic uh, rights and opportunity and self-determination for African-Americans and other peoples of African descent. But as he continues to work on the book uh, in uh, the aftermath, the immediate aftermath um, of the war, um, coming back to the United States uh, to uh, the Red Summer of 1919, where there are lynchings, um, full-scale massacres taking place um, all over the country, uh, the continuation of European uh, colonialism and imperialism uh, in Africa, he begins to realize that his initial assessment um, of the war as being a moment of revolutionary change uh, simply uh, was not the, the case. Um, and by the mid-1920s, as he continues to kind of uh, absorb, you know, one um, tragic reminder um, after another um, of the war's uh, legacy, he he re rethinks uh, the framing of it, uh, and he adopts the title "The Black Man and the Wounded World," um, and it's really an incredibly profound title, and speaks to what I think is a central question Du Bois was trying to answer: is what does it mean to live in a wounded world? What type of world did the World War create? Uh, a war that was wounded? Excuse me, a world that was wounded by war by violence, by white supremacy, uh, by empire and colonialism, by economic um, exploitation. Um, by that time, he began to envision the war as a tragedy. Uh, and he had to write, he thought about writing his history kind of in that, in that way. Uh, but that was also very difficult uh, as well, especially considering how he supported the war. Um, and in writing about the war as a tragedy, he would have to admit to himself 
that his own decisions in supporting the war were ultimately a tragic failure as well. Right, right. You spoke earlier um, that when when you were you know doing research um, at, at UMass out in Amherst that that you came across the, the manuscript as well. Um, so I, I think as far it's still stored there today. But the what I imagine to be the 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 mountains of of personal materials that that he that African American veterans sent to Du Bois over the years. <clears throat> photographs, the manuscripts, the diaries and everything like what what became of all of those materials when when the book was was, was not going to be published and, and when Du Bois ultimately passes away. Right. So so mind you, when I first discovered uh, these materials and I, and I hate to use the word discovered because, you know, after all, it was a microfilm edition. So somebody else <laughs> knew, knew about it. Yep. Um, but I was looking at a microfilm copy, the original materials um, are located at Fisk University uh, in the John Hope and Aurelia Franklin uh, Library and Special Collections there. Um, and I've spent uh, countless hours <laughs> combing through uh, that archive and looking you know, at the actual manuscript itself, all of Du Bois's materials. That collection was given to Fisk, which was Du Bois's alma mater in 1961 before Du Bois uh, went to, to Ghana. Uh, with his wife, Shirley Graham uh, Du Bois. Uh, so it's a separate collection than the main um, archive of Du Bois's papers at UMass Amherst, um, but it's a truly remarkable um, archive and all of the materials uh, that Du Bois collected over the years that Black veterans uh, gave him with the expectations that they were going to be used in the writing and publication of his history are still located uh, there. Um, and the fact that Du Bois didn't return many of these materials, uh, despite many veterans asking him to, to do so and, be, and being very adamant about that, as I uh, talk about uh, in the book, I think speaks to just how um, ethically complicated uh, this, this archive is um, and how Du Bois's actions um, are also uh, very, uh, very questionable. Um, and, you know, that's something that I, I also get into uh, in the book, how it reflected his his ego, his selfishness, um, his elitism, um, but ultimately his deep sense of confusion uh, and conflict about how to write the history um, of the war. Yeah, so he he was hanging on to them like he he wasn't done with them, but like the, the you know like the the book's making no progress, but he also like can't right. let go. It's it's a bit of a struggle there. He couldn't let go, right? And he always believed that the book. At, in, at some point, some way, somehow, was going to get finished. Um, and again, that, that's part of the, the tragedy of this story that I tell, that the book never uh, is, is completed, um, but also uh, many of the veterans uh, who invested their hopes, their historical visions uh, in Du Bois ultimately didn't have their, their stories told. Wow. So, so, I, so I, I know I said, like, no... Um, no curveballs, but but I, I apologize. I, I do have one. So oh, curveballs are good. <laughs> you, you mentioned um, um, you know actually holding the the manuscript that you know du, du Bois himself worked on. Like I I I oh my goodness! Like I have to ask. Like like how how did that feel? Like um, for you? Like like just 
you're writing a book about this person and and this manuscript that that Du Bois was working on it, and now you're actually like holding the the, the physical yeah. papers that that he was that he held and and worked on. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's what every historian dreams about doing, you know, being in the archives and and touching. Uh, those primary source documents, obviously touching them very carefully, um, right. uh, making sure that they are, are not damaged, that they stay preserved. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's it's one thing to look at his manuscript, you know, in microfilm form, something very different to actually look at it, um, you know, in person to, to, to feel it, to touch it, to see the ways in which uh, he was cutting and pasting uh, over the years to to see how how the pages had faded um, over time. Uh, it's really a remarkable glimpse uh, into uh, Du Bois himself uh, and the way that he thought and worked and and wrote uh, as a historian. Fantastic. Not to mention all of the other materials related to it, all of the documents that veterans gave him, photographs, the rare military documents, um, ephemera uh you know touching sure. the, the the train ticket that du bois had when he was traveling uh to paris in, in 1919 so it's just a just a really uh, incredible archive oh that's that's that is r- really incredible like imagine like that that train ticket was in that man's pocket you know at, at, yeah at exactly point. Uh, yeah. um so i've got um so i've got our, our final question here sir so you know uh, Mr. Du Bois himself mentioned this in the book um, that writers are always being asked about their next project. So we'll we'll be no different here. Um, so I'm just going to throw this out there. Like, can we look forward to the publication of W.E.B. Du Bois's History of African-Americans in the Great War um, as edited by Dr. Chad Williams? Well, I, I certainly hope so. Uh, that would be a, a wonderful project to bring to completion. It's something that I, I, I've, I've thought about really since I first encountered Du Bois's uh, materials. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some issues regarding publication rights uh, sure. and, and reproductions and things of that sort, which hopefully will, will be sorted out. Um, but that would definitely be a, a project I would be very excited to work on. Uh, I think it would be a really important contribution to our knowledge about Du Bois and our and our broader knowledge about about the First World War. Fantastic! And if it, um, so, while we have that going, um, any any other World War One related topics as well that that you're you're thinking of, sir? Um, not at the moment, but as as you well know, World War One is is endlessly fascinating. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's another project that materializes um, uh, at some point. Oh, that's fantastic. Those are the same two words that I use to describe World War One. Uh, endlessly fascinating. So awesome. Um, all right. So, folks, the, the book is The Wounded World, W.E.B. Du Bois and the First World War, out wherever books are sold. A link to the book will be provided in the episode notes. Um, and, folks, this is one you will want to read and then have on your shelf. It is an, an excellent, excellent read. Um, and I do have my copy here we will do the social media. I got my copy here too. Right. It's awesome. I also noticed a copy 
very strategically placed behind yeah, it. Yeah, right, right, right there. It's, right there. it's <laughs> super awesome. <laughs> That's fantastic. Thank you so much again for uh, taking the time to come on the podcast, Dr. Williams. Right. Thank you. This was fun. Appreciate it.